It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. Hello again. Welcome to another episode of the Franchise Academy. My name is Tom Scarda, and I am the host, and I am a franchise advisor and strategic advisor, that is, to people looking to buy franchises. So I'm a franchise consultant by day and a podcast host by night, I guess. And I help people around the country figure out what franchising opportunity is best for them. And uh, I offer a free service that matches folks based on skills and personality and goals. And I like to call, call it the e-harmony of business. I am the author of the number one bestseller, Franchise Savvy. Find that on my website, thefranchiseacademy.com. And also, while you're there, check out my new course, The A to Z's on How to Buy a Franchise. Everything you need to know is a video course that you can purchase and study franchising on your own. So today, I'm really excited because I have an old friend of mine, Jackie Bondanza, is with us, and she is the CEO of Houndstown USA. So this is really an interesting story. I know Jackie and also the founder, Mike Gould, for several years. We used to have a radio show, both of us, in Long, on Long Island, and we were on each other's shows, and we became friendly, and then I consulted with Houndstown USA to help them start growing their franchise uh, in the franchise sales capacity. And then um, we found another company we'll talk about in a minute to help them get to where they are now, which is really exciting. And this company is a rocket ship, I have to tell you. And under the leadership of my friend Jackie, I mean, this is a great place to be if you're thinking about franchising. So Jackie, welcome to the Franchise Academy. Hey, Tom. Thanks so much for having me. Now, nah, this is awesome. So you guys are just blowing up and I see your stuff on the internet everywhere, um, especially in the franchise, you know, articles and, and magazines. So give us a quick background on Houndstown USA. What's the concept? All right. So uh, Houndstown was founded over 20 years ago now, which is crazy how time flies by Mike Gould. Uh, he was one of the founding members of the NYPD K-9 unit. And like he says, all that really means is he's old if he's the founding <laughs> member of something, especially the New York City Police Department. But it's such an important piece of kind of the Houndstown history um, to, to, to share that. So Mike's had such a long storied career in professional canine management and um, became one of the first police officers to have a dog as a, a partner. So that really started this idea many moons ago of creating a place where dogs could go and interact and kind of be themselves. And many years later, Houndstown was born on Long Island, here, here on the island, and uh, grew over the past 20 years. We now have 19 stores in seven different states, and we're a fully interactive pet care facility. So we do interactive daycare, boarding, and grooming. Um, so dogs are dropped off, you know, six, seven in the morning and they're, they're playing all day, wrestling around, getting that energy out and their, their parents are picking them up at seven, eight o'clock at night. And they, we like to say they go home with the Houndstown hangover. So that means they're, they're tired and wiped out when they get home. Yes. Yes. And we've experienced it with our dog. So it's a really great location and it's all about dogs and really not about the humans and, and, you know, the human parents. 
Um, and that was something that I really took away from Mike is the way he brings every everyone that walks into the building down to the dog level, not trying to make the dogs, you know, become human. And yeah. that's how he is so successful with training and, and everything that he does with dogs. So are you looking for franchise owners that are, you know, dog maniacs? Is, is that the key to this? No. So ironically, we look for people who have business experience, just like I, I would imagine so many other franchises. Um, we actually like when people come in and like Mike says, they don't know which end of the dog is which, because we prefer to teach everybody the Houndstown way. So we have a very particular way that we like to train our franchisees about dog management because it's it's just so unique to the industry. Um, so no dog management experience needed. It also, I mean, of course, it helps that you like dogs. Um, but this is a business where you're going to be interacting mostly with employees and customers. Of course, there's some dog interaction, but you know, we're not playing with dogs and kind of rolling around on the floor with dogs all day. So no dog management experience needed. So that's key. Um, and, and so it's great, you know, to love dogs. And, and I have, you know, several dogs, uh, I have one right now, but have had multiple at one time. <laughs> And, and so you play with your dog at home, you don't buy a business to play with dogs. And that is a really big thing that people need to understand. And that really goes with most franchises, as you alluded to. I mean, I talk about all the time, the fact, if you have a barber's license or beautician's license, the franchises that do haircutting will not grant you a license. Yep. Because if you're, if you're cutting heads when somebody calls in sick, then you bought yourself a job and that's not what we want. We, you know, even you as the, as a buyer, you want to grow a legacy business and, and scale it and, and make that kind of money. So that's, that's what it's all about. This happens to just be a vehicle and dogs, which is a recession resistant business model, in my opinion. So how did you guys um, not survive in a recession, but how did, uh, how'd you deal with COVID? Yeah, so well, you're right to say that, you know, traditionally pet, the pet care industry has been recession resilient. We never say anything's recession proof because that's, that's a little, that's, that's a step too far in my mind. But we, you know, we've been around for 20 years. We survived through the housing crisis, 2006, um, you know, Superstorm Sandy, which out here on Long Island was a big deal for us. It has it had an economic impact. And then of course, through COVID. So COVID will end up being one of the best things that ever happened to our system. It really propelled us just into the, the this next universe. Um, I think a lot of people, it, it caused a lot of people to want to step outside of what they were doing. Um, some people got laid off. Some people just wanted to change jobs and just kind of take matters into their own hands professionally. So we started to get a lot of really amazing candidates come into the system through COVID. And luckily, we were able to pivot and, and just kind of um, change the way we were doing our discovery days and to allow people to feel comfortable continuing to come. So we continue to award franchises through COVID. We continue to open businesses. We opened five stores last year in 2020. Um, so we never missed a beat. We really took the opportunity to just keep going. And we were lucky that our employees and our staff like came along with us for the crazy ride. So we're coming out of this more on top of the mountain than we've ever been. So, yeah. And that, and that goes for a lot of franchises. I mean, I've never, I've been doing franchise matching for 16 years and this is like the busiest I've ever been. 
um, in regard to candidates calling and, and buying franchises. So with, with Houndstown, um, I mean, it's essentially a low investment for this kind of business, right? I mean, how many square feet building do you need? And like, kind of what is the upstart? So we are, we're considered a lower cost investment compared to our competitors. Um, we're about a third to a half of the cost of, of our competitors. And that's really because the way that Mike founded the, the model, it was, it was built to be very simple. So we use a lot of really simple build out materials and we built the stores, like Mike says, from 18 inches off the ground. So from the dog's perspective, dogs don't need overcomplicated you know, air filtration systems and flooring that's, you know, conducive to their arthritis. We, that's all kind of human, uh, human thought process to that, that the dogs don't actually need dogs are animals. They want to come in, they want to play in a safe, secure environment. So we're able to do that without having our franchisees spend a million dollars. Um, so, you know, that's what we've always been focused on since we started 20 years ago. And that was always something that was impressive to me is that you could do it like that. And, and like, I remember Mike saying years ago when I was hanging around there a lot is, you know, if you, if you need this, you know, go to home Depot and get it. You're not going to like special order it from, you know, some facility somewhere in the Midwest that's making whatever cages or whatever. So, so that, that's something that is really important. I think as people understand or try to understand the Houndstown model is that it's, it's built for dogs, not for humans. Um, and I don't know if this is still true, but something that really impressed me a long time ago was, you know, people would always say, well, you know, can the customers have a video cameras installed so we could watch, you know, online what's happening with the dog all day. And Mike was like adamant at that time anyway about, oh, no, we're not doing video cameras for the customers. Is that still true? That's still true. And there's a couple reasons for that. So, so first and foremost, we're centrally alarmed to the fire department. Um, and we have a closed circuit camera system that all of our employees use and our owners. So we're always checking the cameras um, to, to make sure everything's okay. But we're very purposeful in the fact that we don't want customers um, viewing the cameras because it's really distracting. So it's really distracting for the operation of our day. Um, it, it, we had a, uh, one of our stores on the Island used to be a pet care facility. Um, and in that pet care facility there, they had a camera, they had access to cameras, um, for customers. And that, uh, company called us one day and they said, Hey, we're, we're going out of business. Um, they'd only been in business for four months. Are you interested in buying this and turning it into a Houndstown? And so we happened to have a set of franchisees who were looking in the market. So it was a great fit. And when I asked the owner of that store, I said, why did you, why are you going out of business four months after opening? And after telling me, you know, he, he didn't know how to market correctly and he didn't have enough capital. The third reason he said was cameras, camera access. He said, it cost me so much more money in labor because people were calling all day long while they were watching the cameras and they were concerned about their dog. They didn't see their dog. Their dog was taking a nap. They didn't think the dog should be taking a nap. So it caused him to have to hire someone to sit at the front just to field phone calls all day. And what that does is it distracts from what we're there to do. We are there to take care of the dogs and to offer the dogs this opportunity with little as little human uh, interjection as possible. So instead, you know, we use Facebook groups. We use private Facebook groups to post a lot of videos and photos throughout the day. 
Um, so people can still see their dogs. It's just a different avenue. It just allows for a little bit of a different um, connection to what's going on every day. I don't know, Jackie, it sounds a lot like you're using your marketing background to help <laughs> push those photos on Facebook. <laughs> well, really Facebook's a great, yeah, it's a great marketing platform and a lot of our customers are on it. So it's really easy for them to check in during the day. And, you know, they see a video of their dog running around having fun and they, they can go back to their day too. And they're not constantly checking the cameras. <laughs> right. Right. And, and you could tag it and do what, you know, those crazy, you know, social yes. media things and <laughs> help the brand, I guess, you know, it's, it, that's awesome. It's really great. And, and, and you're good at that stuff. So that's, um, that's, you know, extra special, but so um, staffing, let's talk about staffing. How many people do you need? Um, what does that look like? So we uh, suggest that our franchisees start out hiring about six to eight entry level kennel attendants and they're, they're part-time. Um, and so, so we want to have at least two people on a shift, um, at, at all times for, for safety reasons. And when you get what, when a facility starts seeing more than about 20, 25 dogs a day, that facility then needs to add a third staff. We are, our stores are opening now to such a high volume that we're actually opening needing three people on out of the gate. So we changed our protocols um, just these past couple openings to make sure that franchisees are a little more prepared staffing wise. So we're, we're looking for about six to eight people awesome. on, on, on payroll. There's only going to be two to three people on at any given time. Right. And if I remember correctly, it's, it's more like two kind of shifts like morning day and then afternoon into the evening no overnight because you don't need dogs don't need to be babysat overnight is that, is that right. right yep so our shift so we're open you know 14 hours a day it's a long day um and we're open six days so we're open seven days a week sunday just for uh two hours for boarding pickup and drop off so our shifts are uh split uh morning shift afternoon shift so you you know you need you need six to eight uh, employees to fill that, that many hours in the week, uh, okay. as well. And then you need somebody, uh, specific for grooming or not. So we don't have groomers, um, in our facilities for a few reasons. It's really hard to find good groomers. It's like finding a good hairstylist. It's just, it's, it's hard to come by. Um, and our model, really our franchisees are going to make more of a profit if they are just offering our bathing services. So our exit and spa bath services are conducted by our entry-level employees. So it's part of their hourly wage. So the profit margin for the franchisee is much higher than if a groomer was uh, employed by the store. And, you know, you're paying the groomer 50 to 60% of the profit of the groom. Um, so we, we, a lot of our stores don't, don't offer haircuts. They're only offering uh, spawn exit paths. Okay. That, thank you for that clarification. I wasn't sure about that, um, mm -hmm. but that's awesome. And, and I know that's a really great kind of side revenue uh, generator. So you have several streams of revenue in under one roof. We do. Yeah. Grooming is a really important, um, piece of revenue for us next to daycare and boarding. Absolutely. And then are you doing pickup services and stuff like that? Or is that not part of the plan? 
So we want our franchisees to have a wrapped vehicle. And right now it's optional if they want to offer a pet taxi service. So the pet taxi is not a revenue generator. We're not, I always tell our franchisees, we're not retiring to Hawaii from being a uh, pet taxi driver, but it's an important piece of marketing and branding. So to have that wrapped vehicle and the idea is the employee or the manager of the store or the franchisee him or herself is going to be driving the vehicle back and forth to the, um, to the store and getting that road time. I, I don't think there's anything better than a wrapped vehicle for advertising. Yeah. It's, it's kind of old school, but it really, it really works. We're like we'll get people call and say, Hey, I saw the Jeep driving down, you know, 25 and uh, you know, and they're looking for services. So it, it definitely happens. Oh, it's yeah. I, I mean, there's probably books written on it. And, and just like, when you think about, you know, a really big franchise, I think most people know eight, 1-800-GOT-JUNK. You yes. know, part of their plan is when that truck is not being used, you're going to park it in a very conspicuous spot. So no matter where you are in America, if you keep an eye out, you'll see a um, 1-800-GOT-JUNK truck at the edge of a parking lot in the front on a corner. Yep you know, in the gas station, just so it's a billboard. <laughs> it's a billboard. It's a rolling billboard. So it's a rolling billboard. And if you, could, if you could have a funky vehicle, you know, even better, like some franchises want you to have like a smart car. Cause it looks funny. Yeah. Or, um, you know, a mini Cooper or something like that, or, or, or a Hummer which some people have for their wrap vehicle, but. <laughs> yep. 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 We've had a Hummer. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, um so so how many units do you guys have now so we have we have 19 stores that are open in six different states and we're about to have our biggest year yet we're i'm preparing for next year um we've got 38 stores that are either in construction or site selection uh, i believe 20 28 of them are actually in construction and set to open uh in the next 15 months so we are we are preparing for a very busy year next year. Yeah, <laughs> so. that is going to be awesome. So great. Um, and just, I don't know if you could rattle this off, but what states are you in in case anybody wants to check them out live? Sure. So we're open now in New York, New Jersey, Florida, uh, Henderson, Nevada, uh, Troy uh, in Michigan, uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, and Atlanta, Georgia. And stores coming up, uh, Brooklyn, New York, Brooklyn Strong, uh, <laughs> which I love. I love being able to bring another New York store to the market. A um, couple more opening in Jersey. We're getting out into Denver, which is amazing for us. A um, couple more in the Tampa market, um, Cleveland, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, Kansas City. We're really going to start popping up everywhere. Wow. That's amazing. So you know, congratulations to you and Mike. It's just amazing. Um, when I first met you guys, I think there was like maybe what six stores open in Long Island only. And yes. So that's so cool. Yeah, we've come a long way in three years. And and you've been a part of the journey. And you're you're actually responsible for connecting us to Raintree, which is our development partner. They've been incredible for us. They've they've helped, they've they are responsible for our growth. So um comes full circle to have this talk with you now yeah this is so great so rain, rain tree um was owned by a mentor of mine michael haith and uh now one of my old 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 friends in franchising 
Mike Edwards actually uh, runs the operation for Rain Tree. So they're a great group that uh, represents several franchises and do the development and bring franchises from one to, you know, 30 in, in a two year time. So, um, yep. so that's great. And I'm so happy that that connection worked out for you guys. Yeah. They've actually, we were about to sign our hundredth, our deal for our 100th territory. So the next round of signing. Um, so they took us from six stores to, you know, now three years later, over a hundred. So God bless. That is so awesome. So happy to hear that. And that, that hundred store, by the way, for those of you that don't, don't know franchising that well is a pivotal point. I think I forget the exact numbers, but only 15, 1.5% of franchises in America get past five units. Is that right? Wow. That's it. And so when you get a, a store that gets to, you know, 25, that's a really big deal. When you get to 100 and the stores are open and operating fully, that makes the franchisor in most cases um, fluid in income. They, that means that they could live on the royalty income without um, selling another franchise. Cool. And so so this is going to be so this is a really big deal for you guys. And so I just am grateful to to have been a part of a very small part of the very beginning of that. And um, and so where do you guys see yourselves? I don't know, five years from now, 10 years from now. Well, it's interesting. So, you know, I've the past eight years I've been doing this, I've just had my head down like just getting so trying to get every all the work done getting all these stores open and just in the past year i think covid probably prompted this i started to say to myself okay we're, you know we're getting bigger now like we really have to we've got to have a have a it's time to implement the bigger vision that's in my head right we've got to get it on paper we've got to share it with everybody so when i, I hired a um chief operating officer in june rob flanagan who's amazing. He's like my, my right-hand man. He's so fantastic. It's a great operator. So he's been helping really build the hiring plan for us and to help take our vision, um, help put our vision on paper. So he implemented um, entrepreneurial operating system, EOS, which has been revolutionary for our, our brand. And so he kind of prompted me when he came on, he said, well, what's your vision for the brand in 10 years? And it took me a day or two to, to verbalize it and put it on paper. But I came up with, I want every dog in America to have access to a Houndstown in 10 years. And what that means is, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of Houndstowns across the country. So we've got a lot of work to do, but we're a 10th of the way there. So <laughs> you are, which is just a grand place to be. Yeah. So um, if somebody wanted to buy one, more than one unit, say I wanted to own, you know, all of, um, you know, Sarasota County in Florida. Um, can somebody buy more than one unit? Do you award multi-units to the right people? We award multi-units. We don't, we're, we're not awarding uh, whole markets and whole territories. Our strategy is just a little different. We, we, our franchisees tend to be single unit operators right now. Um, that will allow us to open, to get the brand open and around in the country a little bit quicker 
Um, cause you know, on a multi-unit you're on a development schedule. Um, so we do award multi, we, we have, we have several three packs, um, it to the right person. They have to be financially qualified and have some experience in, we prefer in franchising or in, in running a business. Um, but we, we, we have our, our strategies mainly focused on single unit operators. That's great. That is awesome. And, and so when you are thinking about the, um, the operators, again, it's not people that love dogs, but it's people that love dogs and have business experience. Um, and I had a question I was going to ask that just escaped me, but so I'm going on to a, another question. So um, are there any specific markets that you're looking to open in right now? Like, like, oh, you know, we're dying to have, you know, I don't know, whatever market, Albuquerque. I mean, uh, is there anything like that? Um. Well, I, you know, I'd love to get some more stores open in New Jersey. It's right next to our home state of New York. We are sold out on Long Island, um, but we still have Westchester available. We've got parts of Queens available. Um, we're opening in Brooklyn. So that's amazing. Uh, so I'd love to continue to build out the Jersey market. There's still a ton of potential there. Um, and also in the, in the Florida market, we're, we're getting a lot of traction there. Now we've got two stores open there, another five set to open this year, but there's still a lot of availability. You know, a lot of people are moving to Florida and yeah. some of the Southern states. Um, so the need is going to be there over the next couple of years. So yeah. I would say, you know, Florida and New Jersey, um, we, we'd like to continue to build. Okay. That's good to know. But um, if somebody's listening to this podcast now and they want to find out more, what's the best website to check you guys out? So we've got a franchising website. It's got a lot of great info on there. Uh, houndstownfranchise.com. You can also check out our consumer site at houndstownusa.com. That's customer facing. Oh, okay. So you have a franchise facing. That's awesome. That's like, that's big time franchising stuff. That's didn't have that a couple of years ago. That's great. And yes. It's uh, important. Everybody, you know, needs access to, uh, you know, all the information we're, we're very big on being as transparent as possible and giving people as much information as possible. You know, this is a 10 year plus investment for people yep. and, you know, we're investing partners. So we're not looking to sell franchises. We really have to be careful about making sure we're making the right partnerships with people. So sure. Yeah. It's a long-term relationship as with any franchise. So you got to pick, you know, and that, that's the thing, even if somebody comes to you with money, it doesn't mean that they're a fit for France for Houndstown specifically. And, and so, right. You, Cause I know you guys have years ago, we're talking about awarding franchises to the right people and not selling franchises. And um, there's, that's very, uh, very noble and really, talks about integrity for the brand and for you and for Mike and the rest of the team. So that's amazing. Is you have somebody out there listening who, um, who is thinking about franchising just in general, what advice would you have for them? So, you know, when I started doing this almost 10 years ago, I knew nothing about franchising and I have a journalism background. So my instinct was to go and research everything, read books, listen to podcasts. I mean, this is great if you're listening to this and you're just trying to pick up pieces of information on, on what franchising is and who are the players, what are the good, um, you know, industries to think about. So 
do research and, and understand, you know, all of the key elements of franchising. What's a franchise agreement, the FDD, there's so much to know and understand that can be confusing, but I find that our candidates that come through that have done their homework, they feel more comfortable making a decision because they understand the franchising piece. It's easy to be drawn to the brand, right? But it's harder to understand the franchising piece. So that's my advice is to take the time to understand the franchising piece. That's great. That's really good. No one has actually ever said it like that before on the podcast. So I appreciate that, Jackie. That's good stuff. So um, any advice? So here's, I guess, a question um, to kind of tie this up for me. But so you've come a long way in franchising from zero to now CEO of a hundred unit brand. Um, What have you learned or what could you share with a franchise owner, somebody that's starting to franchise out, is there any lessons like that that you, that come to mind? I know I'm putting, putting you on the spot, but. No, that's a great question. There's so many lessons. Um, I, I think the biggest one for me was just having humility and listening to my gut. And it's hard because there's so many pieces of information coming at you. There's people that will tell you to do different things and they conflict one another and they contradict one another. And, and you've got to just, you've got to stay true to your brand. And, you know, for me, the past eight years I've been doing this, I became the brand, whether that's healthy or not. (laughs) So, but I was able to kind of make decisions for Houndstown based on what I felt and knew and, you know, what resonated with me. So I think like, just, just kind of owning it yourself is, is we're we're very big on kind of self-reflection and ownership here. And I think that's really helped, you know, us get where we are. Wow. Yeah, that's great. And, and to, um, and to treat dogs like dogs and people like people. (laughs) Well, that is another, yes, that is a key element of our brand for sure is we're, we're here for the dog for the dog above all else. That is our, one of our core values. And it's true. It's not, it's not BS. It's true. Right. And when you, when anybody engages with the brand, they see that clearly. I think Um, so. Yes, they do. And, and that's what I love about the brand and the way Mike started it and the way you're kind of taking it into the stratosphere. Just I'm very excited, happy, proud. I don't know what to say, like in that regard, but it's just so great what you're doing. So I appreciate it. Any parting words of advice to anyone listening today? Um, well, I, I would, I would say, you know, when I first started doing this a long time ago, I was unhappy in my career. I was commuting five hours a day. I was on a, up at five 30 in the morning, five days a week. I, Tom, I know you have a similar story. And one day I just had it. And I, little did I know that Houndstown would change my life so much and franchising would change my life so much when I just brought my dog for daycare. And that's how I came into the brand. So just always keep your ears open and your eyes open and your antennas up, like Mike says, and you're, you know, look for the next opportunity in life. That's going to help get you where you want to go. Listen to your gut. I mean, that's what you said right before that. Listen to your gut. That's great. Jackie, thank you so much for coming on. I know you're extremely busy opening a hundred stores around the country. Thank you for your time. Anything that I can do for you guys, please let me know. And uh, I just send you and, and, and please, Mike, send, send her my blessings and, and my regards. Thanks. Thanks, Tom, so much. This is great. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, take care. Bye. 
This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.